0: RC See you out there, boy. Yeah. See you. Yeah. yeah. I gave you, I gave you said, fair warning. warning. beware, yeah. Y'all ready? Smack him in the mouth I gave you fair warning. Beware. 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 Smack him in the mouth. Yeah. yeah. I gave you fair warning. Him. Beware. Beware. Smack him in the I don't mouth. think they ready, My Mike. Eye. I gave you fair yeah. warning. Beware. They better get ready. I'm <laughs> back Yo. The uh, It's Phil Flames. I went Mike on the mic. Yeah. What's up, the brand new one time for one your time, mind? He time. gave you fair warning. Now it's time to smack him in the mouth with that raw <laughs> sports talk from the town. Sweet chin music to your favorite sure, sports master. Mike. Mike on the mic with sports talk that matters. Yeah. Reppin' for the West See the palms in the logo. LA. Mike on the mic, sports pod, let's go. I gave you fair warning. Beware. Smack him in the mouth I gave you said, I it, beware Smack him in the mouth I gave you said, you I are tuned beware. in to in Episode the mouth. 17 said, it, Of the Mike on the Mike sports podcast I am Mike and I am on the mic Of the most electrifying sports podcast In the game today How's everyone doing? We just finished week 11 of the NFL season, and it has been a great season so far with a bunch of underlying storylines. Some things that were expected, some things that were unexpected. I'm ready to get into it and get ready for week 12 and Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, by the way. I hope everyone has a lot to be thankful for. I know that I have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, Man i'll go ahead and say some stuff uh so starting with obviously i'm thankful to have made it home fine safe not hurt too much uh my knees and back hurt a little bit but i'm getting over it (laughs) but uh yeah from returning from serving overseas in one piece not everyone is fortunate to say the same and i respect and bow down to those people who have sacrificed much more than i have uh, in the military and serving their country Um, I got extremely lucky to be in the situation that I was placed into um, and very thankful for the people that I was placed around and met and and had the time to spend time with. Um, And then, of course, to my wife, who stuck with me through the whole thing, the ups and downs of the whole thing. Trust me, there were a lot of downs. There were some ups, but a lot of downs. Um, She's my high school sweetheart. We met in high school and and stayed together through my time serving overseas and, and eventually got married and are still married today on the other side. Um, and I'm very thankful for that. I'm also thankful to my family and friends at home who supported me while I was gone. Uh, it's, it's themed around the military thing just because this is my first Thanksgiving home. It seems kind of surreal. I'm used to spending Thanksgiving uh, standing watch or, or in the middle of the ocean somewhere. So pretty cool that I'm home for Thanksgiving and I'm super thankful for it. Um, so that's just me uh whatever you guys are thankful for, you guys are thankful for yourselves and everyone I'm sure has something or someone to look at and if you don't, you can call me, man. I- I'll I'll listen to you. I'll talk to you. So, anyways, moving on to the show. Back to sports, got two awesome topics to talk about. I'm going to give my NFL pickums probably second this week, but I give my NFL pickums every single week. Also, we're going to talk about some things that NFL teams should be thankful for going into Thanksgiving weekend this season, the NFL in 2020. What a year it has been! And for this last month, I hope it goes smoothly for as many people as possible. And I hope that it goes smoothly for some of these NFL teams as well. But let's get straight into the show. Let's talk some sports, some sports heat. First topic we're going to talk about, and I have a very busy week. So I'm sorry if this episode is a little bit shorter. I feel like the shorter episodes get a little bit more positive feedback, though. Um, A lot less dragging on and listening to Mike ramble about his teams. Uh, Last week's episode was extremely long, over an hour, and I apologize for that. It had a lot of loaded topics and a very special interview within it. Uh, also, the week before I think was about an hour, but usually I like staying between 30 and 45 minutes, maybe sometimes press the 50 minute mark, but that's kind of where I like the, the sweet spot, I like the fall on. Um, it just depends on what kind of week I'm having, as well as uh, whatever kind of week is happening around the world of sports, there's a lot to talk about or not, um, especially around football. Cause football is the primary sport that I have been watching, and the primary sport I'm sure all of you have been watching as of re- recently. Uh, with the NBA being in the offseason and baseball just finishing up with their season as well so just kind of a disclaimer this episode might be a little bit shorter than last week's or the weeks before if you just came on um, I appreciate you coming on though and I hope you stay and enjoy the show on a weekly basis I love talking about sports I love talking about football basketball baseball all of it it's my passion and if you want to Interact with me because that's kind of why I do this is to interact with different people and have different discussions. Head over to my Instagram page, head over to my TikTok page at Mike on the Mike Sports across the board now. I changed the Instagram page to at Mike on the Mike Sports. So if you're looking up the old one, it's no longer that one. We are at Mike on the Mike Sports across the board, Facebook. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, I'm not on Twitter too much, YouTube, and everything in between. I also have a sports debate show called Friday Night Wars that is on weekly on YouTube. You search in Friday Night Wars, you look for the, the video of me and Joe Morley battling it out each week on Friday nights. But yeah, that's enough for plugging myself. Let's get straight into the topic, what each NFL team has to be thankful for. So to start this thing off it's going to be kind of an interesting topic and the way that I'm formatting this is kind of interesting so bear with me if I struggle at all or have to do any outtakes. Starting with the Dallas Cowboys and they are thankful for the division they play in. Why? With only one decent team on the schedule and Andy Dalton returning the Cowboys have a sincere shot at still winning this division and still winning the playoffs. The Eagles are Keep struggling at the top of that division, barely holding on by half a game over the other three teams right now, even as they get healthier and healthier as the weeks go on. So pretty uh, thankful for the Dallas Cowboys and Dallas Cowboys fan club that uh, the Cowboys can still make the playoffs. Moving on, we have the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Kansas City Chiefs are thankful for having the best quarterback In football look I know it's debatable but it's starting to get more and more undebatable with every single week Patrick Mahomes is forcing y'all to notice what this guy is doing Patrick Mahomes is forcing y'all to notice that he is the best quarterback in football right now with every week that passes Patrick Mahomes saved the Chiefs once again on Sunday night versus the Raiders a perfectly executed two-minute drive to win the game kept the chiefs from taking the brunt of criticism I'm sure they would have gotten for getting swept by the Las Vegas Raiders this season. That might have ended up being their only two losses even though the chiefs do have a tough game this week against the buccaneers. I think the chiefs can't handle it, but we're going to get into that later on in the show. With the Steelers undefeated, the Chiefs are going under the radar and in my opinion are still very much Super Bowl favorites despite the Chiefs being undefeated. I love are the Steelers being undefeated. I'm sorry. Look, I love the Steelers, and it's no knock on them. I am not trying to bash the Steelers and say they're overrated or anything like that by ranking them second best team out of 32 teams in the National Football League. I am just pointing out that I still think if these two teams meet up in the AFC Championship game, I firmly believe that the Chiefs are going to win. They have enough on defense To slow down uh, the Steelers offense, which has been a little bit up and down this season. They've done just enough to win some of these games. And the Chiefs have enough offense, obviously, to take on that Steelers defense. And I know defenses win championships. That's the catchphrase. But what the catchphrase should be changed to in 2020 is average defenses with superhuman offenses win championships because that's kind of what we're leaning towards in the NFL nowadays, and that's kind of the best teams in the NFL. If you look at it, the Saints have an average defense, a good enough defense, but a very superhuman style offense with Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, all three probably going to be Hall of Famers in the NFL one day. Uh, looking at a team like the Green Bay Packers, who may have a little bit of a, a average defense, but good enough to help that team win with their superhuman offense. Um, and the Chiefs are just kind of a mega version of that. Because their superhuman offense is like one of the best offenses we've ever seen in NFL history. Uh, with, a, with a top two tight end, I think he's number one. A top two quarterback, I think he's number one. Um, and I think we could say Tyreek Hill is a top ten receiver. Um, If not, he's right on the cusp of top 10, maybe even top 7 receiver in the NFL with all the different skill sets that he has. So that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that the Steelers are overrated. I think the Steelers are Super Bowl contenders. Legitimately Super Bowl contenders. Um, But I think the Chiefs are a little bit better right now. And it's it's just the way I feel. I feel like they have an offense and a defense that is good enough together to take down the Steelers in that AFC Championship game. Um, and who knows? Maybe the Steelers will come out and just beat the crap out of the Chiefs in the AS Championship game. But if I had to take a bet, I'll I'll bet on the Chiefs to win that one time, go to the Super Bowl game if it comes down to that between these two teams, which I think it can. I really think it can. Moving on, we have the Los Angeles Chargers, your Los Angeles Chargers. And my Los Angeles Chargers keeping in the AFC West. And the Chargers are thankful for our one bright spot. And his name is, I'm about to talk about him for the 100th time, Justin Herbert. And he is having possibly the greatest rookie season by a quarterback ever. And I knock on wood because I'm so hurt by what happened to Joe Burrow as much as the rivalry has been between these two rookie quarterbacks this season. It's kind of been the only storyline that the Chargers had to look at and say, okay, we're winning this one. We're winning the rookie of the year race right now. Um, It was just barely slightly uh, Justin Herbert in favor of winning the rookie of the year, or, or I should say that Justin Herbert was barely ahead of Burrow in this race. In my opinion, it was super close between the two. Um, and the fact that Burrow has less weapons and a, and, a, and not as great a team as Herbert. Not saying the Chargers are great, but you have Keenan Allen, you have Mike Williams, you have Hunter Henry. The O line is getting healthy. Austin Eckler's coming back this week. Like Justin Herbert has more offensively to put up stats, put up numbers, um, even in losses to good teams in the NFL. So. That is what made this race even a little bit closer because everyone has that thought in the back of their mind. I know you're probably thinking, I got an argument with you, you said that Burroughs team is equal. That was back in about week six, week seven, up until that point that the chargers injuries and the Bengals just bad team. They were pretty close. But even I said, then as the chargers got more healthy, yes, hell yes. I will agree that the chargers offense has more weapons than the Bengals' offense quality wise. Uh, right now in this point in juncture in week 12 of the nfl season but in week six it was very different story and that's why i mean you were arguing in the comment section of every justin herbert over joe burrow post that i put up but in reality they were very close and i knock on wood because i'm saying that he's gonna have the greatest rookie season ever we still have what six more weeks so we got to get through these six weeks uh healthy and happy and i hope that that happens for justin herbert i'm so sorry for joe burrow I feel for Joe, and I know he's going to come back stronger. He's a, he's a warrior. He's an absolute warrior. Uh, but moving on, 35 touchdowns for Herbert and less than 15 interceptions with over 4,000 yards is something that he could probably do in his sleep if he just continues to play at the average level that he's playing. Uh, and I say average level. I mean if he just continues to keep his average going, which has been around 300 yards, three touchdowns a game, whether he has two passing, one rushing, or three passing um so that and that that rate is pretty ridiculous thing for a rookie quarterback he's on pace for 37 touchdowns I say 35 just to be safe um we do play a few tough opponents play the bills this week I can see him only getting two this week maybe one rushing one passing um I I can see being a little bit tougher for some of these matchups but it's easy for him I think to get 35 touchdowns 15 interceptions and over 4,000 yards unless something crazy happens or he just completely loses his juice out of nowhere In a 15-game stretch, by the way. That's 15 games. He didn't play the first game of the season. That's insane. That's ridiculous. And through all the turmoil the Chargers have dealt with, us Chargers fans can legitimately be thankful for a bright future. And I hate that catchphrase. Trust me. I've said it 10 times. I'm tired of people telling us, oh, but at least you guys have a bright future. We've had a bright future since 2012. But (laughs) I think we legitimately have a bright future right now. And... What we're going to do with Justin Herbert in his career, I think, is going to be something that Chargers fans have never seen happen to their team before in a good way, in a winning way. Next up, we have the New Orleans Saints, and the New Orleans Saints have to be thankful for being blessed with a lot of depth at the quarterback position, something on most teams. I'd say 90% of teams don't have. After Breeze went down last year, we saw Teddy Bridgewater carry the Saints along until uh, Drew Brees could come back and return to the field. Now, in a similar situation, Taysom Hill has the keys, and it seems like the keys are in good hands. Taysom Hill isn't going to drop back and throw for 300 yards, three touchdowns in a game, but what he will do, he will get you two rushing touchdowns, he will not turn the ball over, and he will just put the Saints team in position to win games like he did this last weekend versus the Atlanta Falcons and whether they go out win them or not doesn't matter having a quarterback that can do that as your backup for when your starter goes down is gigantic, especially when you're a playoff, a perennial playoff team that the Saints have been for the past, what, 15 years, 12 years, right? They've been a perennial playoff team, playoffs every year, battling for the NFC title. And they've been so close so many times as well. So having Taysom Hill, having Jameis Winston, knowing that when Drew Brees goes down that your season is not over like in other situations where your quarterback goes down and your season's probably done. Uh, kind of like a cowboy situation even though they're still in that division normally they would be in contention for a top pick not for the division uh, so the, yeah the Saints have a lot to be thankful for thankful for there because not many teams have that kind of depth at that position the most important position on the field uh, other than coaching in my opinion A very efficient performance is all that is required from Taysom Hill on a weekly basis when you have Alvin Kamara and you have this pass rush that the Saints have had over the last couple weeks. They're really heating up. I think they're one of the top pass rushes in the NFL now as of today uh, as well as having also Michael Thomas. The Saints still have a huge uh, advantage over other teams as far as their roster talent even with Breeze down thanks to good management and, and good planning by their team. Because even after Taysom Hill, if you go to Jameis Winston, I don't think Jameis Winston's going to be bad in this system. and I think Peyton will be a great uh, manager of Jameis Winston's turnover bug that he's had over, what, his entire career, but especially last season. Moving on, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I was just talking about earlier when I talked about the Chiefs a little bit. The Steelers are thankful for their hardcore fans. The Steelers are getting a lot of overrated talk as you like to call it. I don't think the Steelers are overrated. I just said that. Ranking them at number two, like I said multiple times, is no knock. Not number two in the AFC. I got them at number two in the National Football League. So AFC and NFC, the two best teams. I have them both in the AFC right now. They are a great football team, man. Overall, they're very balanced. Um, I know I've knocked the offense a little bit in the past, and everyone has. Uh, You should have some gains where it should be a blowout, and it's close, but the Steelers still barely pull it out. And a win's a win. It doesn't matter how much it's by. Um, That could be a problem in the playoffs, but for now, getting through this season, they're looking like they're going to be the number one seed in a very tough AFC. So that's no knock on the Steelers to rank them at number two, let me tell you. The fandom following the Steelers is defending their team nobly and honorably for people like me who have them at number two. The Steelers fans will attack you. I'm just giving you a heads up right now. Um, I made a post eh, about a week or two ago that had you know the Steelers thinking they're going to win the Super Bowl. And then it's the Chiefs that come in and knock them out. Um, and I got a lot of flack from those Steelers fans for it. I appreciate stuff like that because I appreciate seeing people in love with sports and defending their team to the death. Because I do the same thing for my team even though it's super hard to do sometimes. If you guys listen to anything that I did in the beginning of the season or the off season, a lot of it that I said about the Chargers has been dead wrong. We'll just say that right now. And I'm not afraid to admit that I was wrong. The, Steelers, the Chargers do have a great roster still, and they have talent on the roster. I will not back down from that. We have one of the better teams in the NFL, player for player, on the roster. Just got to figure it out. Got to figure out how to bring it all together, and, and that, that comes down to the coaching. But, yeah, anyways, talking about the Steelers, Thankful for their honorable, noble, hardcore fans because they are defending the Steelers even as people try and label a 10-0 and team as overrated. I don't understand that. Moving on, the Jets are thankful for Adam Gase. Why? Everyone calm down, hear me out. The attitude in New York or New Jersey has quickly gone from fire Adam Gase Let's try and win this division, too. Keep losing the games. Keep Gase here. As the Jets get closer and closer to the Trevor Lawrence tank job being complete, being a mission accomplished, being a green check in the Jets' rebuild box. While Donald remains out of the game, the Jets keep losing, and they keep getting closer to drafting Donald's replacement. And thank you to Adam Gase. There's been a few games the Jets could have won, but I think – uh was almost intentionally lost you don't ever want to accuse it you don't ever want to point the finger but they're not rushing sam Darnold back they're not rushing any of the other guys back they traded levy on bell they've set themselves up for failure and now they're failing so at the end of the day you can be thankful that adam Gase is going to get you trevor lawrence and if trevor lawrence is a generational talent and he completely saves the jets well it'll be because of adam Gase, even though he'll be long gone by then so moving on <laughs> we got the Indianapolis Colts and the Colts are thankful for Marquez Valdez Scantling MVS now with the Scantling fumble the Colts are in firm control of their playoff spot with the Ravens at risk of dropping to six and five versus the Steelers this weekend the Colts have a legitimate shot at being the highest seeded wildcard team in in the playoffs this year, or even winning the division over the Titans if the Titans drop a game that they shouldn't. You got to believe that that bad man down there in Wisconsin was going to go and win that game on that drive had MVS not fumbled, putting the Colts uh, right there in the bubble. I think right now they hold firm control of of a wild card spot uh, and with the way they've been playing as well. You put that together, they might even be division winners thanks to MVS fumbling that game away for the Green Bay Packers. The final team I'm going to go over and what they have to be thankful for is the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seattle Seahawks are thankful for their schedule to close the season. Basically, their soft schedule, S-A-W-F-T, soft schedule to close the season. Five of their last six opponents are below 500. And as you've seen, the Seahawks have been struggling in a tough stretch of games against tough opponents. And right now, they see from this point forward, they see four straight, very winnable games starting this week versus the Philadelphia Eagles. This is an extremely tight race for the NFC West between the Arizona Cardinals, between the Los Angeles Rams, and between the Seattle Seahawks. And every winnable game is very important for the Seahawks and every game is very important for every one of these teams as they they figure out who's going to be a wild card team and who's going to win this division. I think we're going to see three teams in the playoffs from this division as the Rams just took the hurt to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This Rams team is sneaky good, and because of that defense, they can come out and beat anyone on any week. But out of the last six games, the Seahawks see five opponents who are struggling to win games this year. Uh, including the last game of the season versus 49ers. They see four straight opponents who are also struggling um, as they lead into this battle with the Los Angeles Rams. That game might be for the division. But to get your feet back on the ground after going on this slide of just struggling to get wins, um, it will be very nice for the Seahawks starting this weekend with the Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll see what happens here. Something's got to give between the Eagles and Seahawks. Both teams struggling to get going. Uh, I think the Seahawks can definitely win that game. All right, that's it for what teams had to be thankful for. If you like these holiday themed topics, let me know at Mike on the Mike's boards across the board and all social media platforms. I will do some Christmas themed uh, topics on the show if y'all enjoy stuff like this. Let's move on to the NFL Pick'ems. So, week 11 was probably the roughest week of the entire season on the NFL Pick'ems. We somehow broke even after just a bunch of disastrous endings to games for my picks and they got wrecked. We ended up at 7-7. and That's probably the worst week we're going to have this year um, and let's try and do better this week. Wasting no time. Let's get into our Thursday action, Thanksgiving Day action. First of all, breaking news as of this morning, uh, the Ravens-Steelers game that was originally scheduled to be played on Thursday it has been moved to Sunday. I do not know what time on Sunday, if it's going to be the Sunday Night Football game or if it's going to be like a doubleheader Sunday Night Football game. But the reason they're moving it is because of COVID concerns. Um, some Ravens players tested positive for COVID. A lot of people are trying to say that the NFL is rigging it for the, to help the Ravens out. But they're not because anyone that tests positive for COVID ain't going to play on Sunday. What they're doing is they're giving enough time for the league and for the team to conduct very thorough testing so that way they can make sure that they don't send any players on the field with COVID. Thursday is just too soon. You can develop symptoms multiple days after. You can develop COVID multiple days after exposure to uh, a player that has contracted COVID. I believe Clays Campbell is actually rumored to be one of those players who's a big part of that defense. Uh, but anyways, for those of you that are saying that it's rigged for the Steelers to lose to the Ravens on Sunday, uh, the players that are we're going to miss are still going to miss But they're just trying to make sure that they limit exposure to the Steelers team as far as their season moves on after playing a Ravens team who's had COVID tests really recent close to the game, really recent close to Thursday. It's Wednesday as I'm recording this. So I just want you guys to know as you're listening, if you listen to the first day it comes out, it's Thursday. It is Thanksgiving. So, I mean, one day is not enough to deem that the Ravens are healthy and ready to go as far as not having COVID on the field while they're playing. But anyways, other games are happening on Thursday. We have the... Houston Texans traveling to Detroit to play the Detroit Lions, and the Lions just got shut down and destroyed by the Carolina Panthers, which is never something you want to do before a Thursday night game because now they have a quick turnaround to play the Houston Texans who just put the hurt on the New England Patriots. Give me the red-hot Houston Texans to beat the Detroit Lions. The other Thursday, Turkey Day game, which I'm sure is going to be moved to the night game now because this is the Washington football team at the Dallas Cowboys. And while this game at with both teams sitting at what three and seven, this game normally wouldn't mean much. It would just be a fun game between two rival teams. But this game has a lot, a lot on the line right now. It has a lot on the line as that division is still hanging in the balance. Both these teams only a half game out of Philadelphia. Uh, and possibly taking the lead in that division. So this is a huge game to win. And I'm going to say it. I think whoever wins this game is going to win the division. I'm calling it right now. Between the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys, whoever wins this game is going to win the division. Both teams coming off of big wins last week. I'm going to take the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys showed me a lot more with Andy Dalton back than the Washington football team did uh, against a Joe Burrow is Cincinnati Bengals. I think the Cowboys are a little bit better team, player for player, talent for talent. And if they can get this offensive line, they can get Andy Dalton going, they could get Zeke going, they can beat this Washington football team. It's in Dallas as well. I know it's not that big a deal with no fans and stuff in most of the stadiums, but you still got to travel down there. You still got to go through the process of sleeping in a hotel and all of that. Just a little bit extra bump for the Cowboys' chances to win on Thursday, tomorrow, versus the Washington football team. So give me the Cowboys, and essentially I might be taking the Cowboys to go out and take that division with this pick. So there you go. There it is. A little bit of an early spoiler for the NFC East. Now we'll move on to the Ravens and Steelers game. This is probably going to be the game of the week, but we'll see how or what time it's at. I don't like making the primetime game Mike's game of the week because it's already got enough spotlight on it. The Ravens are in trouble, and I'm telling you right now, if they lose this game, they're in trouble to miss the playoffs. You got the Browns. You got the Colts. You got the Dolphins. All these teams are knocking on the door to be playoff teams, uh, wild-card playoff teams, and if the Ravens drop to 6-5, and five, they might be in trouble, man. They might be in trouble. The AFC is very competitive this year, and I'm going to predict it right now. I think the Steelers' defense is too much for the Ravens' offense to handle while they're trying to figure out what the hell is going on there. 100%, you don't want to try and figure out what's going on versus the Pittsburgh Steelers' probably best defense in football right now. And that's going to cause more problems for the Ravens. And on top of that, the Steelers' offense did very well last week against Jacksonville, who did pretty good against Green Bay the week before that. I don't know, man. I don't think the Ravens are going to pull this one out. So I'm going to take the Steelers to beat the Ravens in Pittsburgh again, traveling to Pittsburgh. Sucks for the Ravens. They're going to drop to 6-5 and five and are in trouble. They are in trouble uh, to miss the playoffs, potentially. I'm not going to predict they miss the playoffs, but they are in trouble. I think we need to realize that. (laughs) Moving on, we have the Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia to play the Atlanta Falcons. The Raiders are just a better team than the Falcons right now. Uh, The Falcons are struggling to be consistent on offense. One week, they get shut down. The next week, they're explosive. It's kind of something we've seen with the Falcons over the last couple of seasons, Uh, especially battling injuries with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley constantly in and out of the lineup. They can't get any kind of consistency or rapport going into the next game following week when you have to miss a couple weeks in between each game you play. Uh, The Falcons' defense is not great by any means. The Saints just took it to them with a third-string quarterback, possibly in Taysom Hill, but definitely a second-string quarterback, more of a gadget type of player, Um, I don't think anything's going right for the Falcons right now. They're going to start sliding a little bit more. I know I I called them and the Vikings to kind of go on a streak and go on a hot streak, but I was wrong by saying that one, I think, for the Falcons. I still think the Vikings can go on a hot streak, but with dropping that game to Dallas, I don't think they have a chance at the playoffs anymore. I think the Falcons aren't going to go on the hot streak anymore. I'm kind of off the wagon on the Falcons now. The Raiders coming off a tough loss to KC, a close game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes barely pulled it out. The Raiders playing tough this year, all year long. I'm going to take the Raiders to win this and improve to 7-4. and four. Moving on, we have your Los Angeles Chargers and my Los Angeles Chargers traveling to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills. And all signs point to taking the Bills here. Uh, the Bills come off a bye week. The Bills had just won the week before the bye week. The Chargers had just won against the Jets, but it's the Jets, the Before that, they couldn't get a win to save their lives. Everything points towards the Bills. But if I am going to take a team to upset another team this season, it's going to be the Chargers. Because like I keep saying, the Chargers have a roster. As I wear a Chargers shirt, I'm sorry. If you think I'm biased, so be it. I've given enough bad takes about the Chargers and good takes about the Chargers, I think, to be pretty down the middle. I need to pick... Uh, upsets to happen, basically, in these last couple weeks of the season. I'm down, what, six, seven games of the leader in this competition. I'm taking the Chargers to win, although I think the Bills will win. If I have take upsets, I'm going to take a team like the Chargers, who are way better than the record suggests. I think the Chargers could easily be a 500 team and even be above 500 right now if they just had a coaching change earlier in the season when they started to see things roll downhill but they didn't do it and we're in the situation that we're in right now and we're just a really really good 3-7 and team and I think they could upset the Bills this weekend so I'm gonna take the Chargers to upset the Bills just because I need to pick some upset picks uh don't be fooled if I had to bet my life if I had to bet some money down I'd probably put it on the Bills so don't go out and bet your house on the Los Angeles Chargers to beat the Bills or upset the Bills Moving on, we have the New York Giants traveling to Cincinnati to play the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a battle between two teams uh, that have been struggling um, with the Bengals losing Joe Burrow. I don't really think they have too much to look forward to the rest of the season. They may not win another game this season. The Giants aren't necessarily a good team. They play teams tough. They play good teams even tough. uh, And they make it hard on opposing uh, opponents to score in bunches. The Giants playing good teams tough. Just as much as they play good teams tough, they play bad teams tough as well. And what I mean by that is they play down to the level of the opponent that they're playing. And that's why you see a 3-7 and seven marker next to the Giants name. The NFC East is wide open. The Giants have something to play for. I think the Bengals are going to start to slide. Uh, Not that they already haven't been sliding, but slide even more and possibly not win another game this season. This game may still end up being close because both teams uh, have been struggling to put opponents away. They've been struggling to win the game at the end of the game. But I'm going to take the Giants to win because they have a lot more to play for and because I think that they are a better team than the Bengals, especially without Joe Burrow in the mix. And with Joe Mixon in and out of the lineup, I I can't ever figure out if he's going to play on a weekly basis or not. I believe he's on IR now. So Nojo Mixon, Nojo Burrow, give me the Giants to beat the Bengals in Cincy. Moving on, we have the Tennessee Titans versus the Indianapolis Colts. And I'm live streaming on TikTok right now. Uh, I live stream every week on TikTok if you guys want to tune into the live stream and get the episode a day before it it releases. People have been asking about what my thoughts are on this Titans-Colts game, so here we go got the Titans traveling in to play the Colts as we saw a couple weeks ago the Colts put the hurt on the Titans but I will say this for one I think the Titans are kind of hot right now um, and the Titans win games like these 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 time to get down and dirty time to become a tough football team tough as nails and win a rivalry game for the division they have done this kind of stuff. The Colts had the best defense in the league, but if you watch that game that they played a couple weeks ago, what really did it for the Colts was the special teams. Blocking a punt at basically giving a free touchdown um, with a great return game. All that kind of stuff is stuff that the Titans are going to clean up, and the Colts are going to have to stand up, and they're going to have to straight up beat them. Uh, and You're not going to see the Titans make the mistakes they made in the last game. I know for a fact Mike Vrabel is going to emphasize all these mistakes they made in the last game. I'm taking the Titans to win this in a very, very, very tight game, but just barely winning the game over the Colts. I think they're the better overall team right now. They had the better rushing attack. Uh, The passing attacks are pretty similar on both sides of the ball. Uh, I've always said that with Philip Rivers, you never know which one you're going to get. You can either get the Phillip Rivers that's going to come out and, and be amazing and throw for three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and 250 yards every week, or you're going to get the Philip Rivers that comes out and is just absolutely awful. Uh, we'll see which Philip Rivers we get. I'm a Chargers fan, so I know a, I'm very well versed in the Phillip Rivers game, uh, and that really is going to tell a difference in this game, but I'm going to take the Titans to win it in a very, very good tight game maybe a defensive battle the colts have the best defense in football right now or at least the top two defenses in football right now so they're gonna make it tough on the titans but as we've seen the titans are ready to win these tough games these tough battles they're ready to come in and make it happen so i'm taking the titans to win people may disagree on me with this one but i'm gonna take the titans Moving on, we have the Cleveland Browns traveling to Jacksonville to play Jacksonville Jaguars. And while this very much could be a trap game or it could be a game where the Cleveland Browns playoff curse starts to set in, I really expect the Browns to put the hurt on the Jaguars. They finally get a chance, I think, to play in a decently weathered game. It's been two or three straight weeks where the Browns have played in extreme winds or rain or snow or something. And they just haven't been able to get that offense going in this struggle of weather. But they've still been able to pull out these wins. Uh, 10-7, I believe, and I believe another week it was 10-3 or something like that. Uh, but the Browns winning these games, whether well, they were really tight, and that's what they needed to do to survive in this playoff picture. I think they are firmly in the playoff picture. Man, Cleveland Browns are about to be 8-3 and three this weekend. That's absolutely insane, in my opinion. Uh, we'll see what happens. But I think that the Cleveland Browns can definitely beat the Jaguars, so I'm going to take them. Moving on, we have the Carolina Panthers taking on the Minnesota Vikings. This is a battle of two teams that have been pretty have pretty similar stories. They're teams that show bright spots, teams that have bursts of greatness, but overall just not quite enough to remain consistently good. Um, I like the Panthers and I like the Vikings. The Panthers defense just shut out the Detroit Lions, but I think that the Vikings offense has a lot more to offer than the Lions right now, especially with Kenny Galladay being out. Uh, I think that Dalvin, the combination of Dalvin Cook. Uh, threatening you on the ground game with the air attack with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen is going to be a little bit much for the Panthers to handle. Panthers got to travel to Minneapolis. So that helps the Vikings out just a little bit. Uh, I'm going to take the Vikings to win this game. I think they have enough to win this game. Um, the Panthers, I don't know if they're going to have Teddy Bridgewater or not, but I don't think it's going to change the outcome too much. Teddy Bridgewater and PJ Walker put out similar production uh in the game that, that PJ Walker had to play this last weekend. So I'm going to take the Vikings to win, whether it's uh, PJ Walker or Teddy Bridgewater, a fan of both, by the way, I love those guys. Uh, But right now the Panthers just don't have enough to consistently beat teams like they did against the Lions last weekend. Give me the Vikings to win. The Vikings probably feel like they still have a chance at the playoffs right now. They're also probably playing for a little bit more being at four and six. They still have a chance to go 10 and six in this league and 10-6 and this season. Their schedule is very soft to close it out. Moving on, we have the Arizona Cardinals traveling to New England to play the New England Patriots. This could be another trap game, as I like to call them, games where uh, a good team is traveling away to play a team that's just average and they just drop the ball because of it. Um, but I'm going to take the Cardinals to win because they're so much more explosive than the Patriots. Cardinals score a lot of points. Patriots don't score a lot of points. I know the Patriots' defense is playing very well this year despite the opt-outs. But it's just not going to be quite enough to stop this Cardinals offense. And I think the Cardinals have got to be salivating at the mouth to get a win here and improve to 7-4. and four. Uh, So I'm going to take the Cardinals to win this game. I think they're a better team than the Patriots. And I think they're going to put up points in the Patriots and the Patriots aren't going to be able to keep up. Moving on, we have the Miami Dolphins traveling to New York to play the New York Jets. We can say 0-11 for the Jets. Bring the Dolphins up to 7-4 and increase their playoff chances. Not much more to say. I think the Jets are losing out, which is something crazy. I never, ever, ever, ever predict a team to go 16-0, 0-16, 15-1, 1-15, and because it just doesn't happen in the NFL. NFL teams are too competitive to let that happen to where you lose 16 games. But the Jets are actually going to lose 16 games. We saw the Browns a couple years ago when they went 1-15, 0-16. We're seeing a similar uh, skid with the Jets over the last two seasons. They're historically bad. So good job to the Jets for being historically bad. Give me the Dolphins to beat the Jets even though it is in New Jersey. Moving on, we got a game that's going to be kind of interesting to watch. we got the New Orleans Saints traveling to Denver to play the Denver Broncos. I say it's interesting because the Broncos did just win last week, a game they weren't expected to win, Uh, and the Saints did win as well, a game that we thought they were going to have a little bit harder time with in the Atlanta Falcons, but they did win. They did pull out the win. They did dominate, as you would say, especially defensively. This game's a little bit tough because the Saints are traveling to Denver to play the Broncos. If it was in New Orleans, I would feel very confident in taking the Saints. But having to make that trip to Denver where the weather is going to be interesting is going to be tough on Taysom Hill and company. But I think they can handle the Broncos. Uh, They should handle the Broncos. They're a better team than the Broncos. I think Taysom Hill is a better quarterback than Drew Locke overall. And that might be a hot, flaming take. But I'm not a fan of Drew Locke this year anymore. I was at the beginning of the season. I had faith in him. He failed me, and he just has been up and down all year, and it's mostly been down, to be honest. The Broncos are 4-6. and six. This will drop them the 4-7. and seven. Um, I don't know if they're thinking about draft capital or what at this point, uh, but you probably don't want to beat the Saints because you're not going to make the playoffs, and this, this win just bumps you back maybe three spots in the draft next year. So give me the Saints to beat the Broncos, even though it is in Denver. It's going to be a battle, though. The next game we have to look at is the... San Francisco 49ers traveling to SoFi Stadium, down the street from me actually, to play the Los Angeles Rams, which is going to be another great game this week to watch. Because even though the 49ers are 4-6, and six, even though they are riddled with injuries, every time they play the Rams, no matter the situation, they play them tough. And they're going to play them tough. Uh, this could be a trap game, as I said it were. The worser team just barely squeaks it out over the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams to win, though. They're a better team. They're playing better. They're fresh off of a win, a big win this last weekend. Over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Give me the Rams to beat the San Francisco 49ers. And what's going to be still a really fun game to watch and a good game to watch, but this Rams defense is just too much for that riddled 49ers offense to handle. Another possible candidate for Mike's Game of the Week. I haven't officially deemed a game Nice game of the week yet, but this one could be it. It's either this game or the Steelers versus the Ravens. But we got the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Tampa to play Tom Brady and those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this is going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, and what we've seen so far, what the story has been, is that Tampa is struggling to beat good teams. Uh, they're 2-4 and four against teams with a winning record, I believe and they're, they're not playing well on prime time. So a lot of people, you hear a lot of Tom Brady's overrated from the casual fans who just watched the prime time games, but they fail to realize the very next week the Buccaneers go out and drop 42-10 to 10 on some random opponent. So for some reason on prime time, there's some kind of curse going on with Tampa. They just lost to uh, Los Angeles. They lost to the Bears in Primetime, lost to the Saints twice on prime time. It's been rough when the bright lights are on this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, and I don't know what it is about them. This game isn't a primetime game. This is a 125 game, but it is a big game, and there's going to be the spotlight is going to be on this game this week between the Chiefs and Buccaneers. You know it's going to be aired on almost every network that doesn't have a hometown team playing at the same time as them. Uh, so here we go. We got the Chiefs traveling to Tampa to play the Buccaneers, and I think the Chiefs are just too much for them. And as much as it hurts me to, to bump them down to 7-5, and five, as high as I am on the Buccaneers this year, the Chiefs are just too good. They're just too good, and you pair a good defense. I'd say good, decent, average, whatever, a top 15, a a round 15 defense in the Chiefs with the best offense, I think, in the league, in the Chiefs' offense, and you're going to have fireworks, and you're going to win these big games. Uh, The Buccaneers are still trying to find their footing, and I think next year they're going to be better than they are this year. Even though Brady's going to age a year, I think next year they're really going to know their identity. They're going to know what their offense can do, what they're capable of with 44 or 45-year-old Brady at the helm, and they're not going to try and push it. That's what we've seen, especially in this last game against the Rams. The whole time I'm thinking they're just pushing the envelope way too much. Um, Brady can't get the ball down the field the same way he used to. He still is the genius that he is managing the game. He still can throw these shorter passes, these zippy passes. These timing passes. He still can break down a defense and call the right audible at the line. It's just that his arm does not have the strength and the accuracy that it's always had. He's regressing a little, as we've all expected him to. You didn't expect this guy to be Superman for his entire life. He's going to get old eventually, um, and we're hitting that point. I think he comes back next year. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they realize their identity. They get a full offseason, hopefully. They get a full offseason. To really put it together and build the chemistry of this team. And then you're going to see all these stars shine bright. When they realize all they got to do is get it to Antonio Brown on the screen. There's 10, 11 yards right there. Get it to Chris Godwin on underneath route. He's going to bust it open. Throw it up to Mike Evans on the goal line. All this stuff is going to start clicking. Gronk if he's still there. OJ Howard when he comes back all this stuff's going to start clicking and that defense is going to be great next year. Antoine Winfield is going to be amazing uh, for his whole career. I believe They still got Levante David. They still got Devin white. They still have a very good pass rush. Like they're going to be good. <laughs> they're going to be good next year. They're good this year, but uh, not quite the level that we expected them to be good with all the the acquisitions that they have made over the last, what six months or so, seven months or so. So, here we go. They got to go and play a tough team in the Chiefs, and I think they're going to drop it and drop 7-5 and five and take the brunt of that criticism. Sucks for them because, you know, it's it's horrible that Drew Brees got hurt, but that could have opened a window for them to win this division. But because they lost to the Rams, that, that basically ices them, in my opinion. I think they're done now. Um, if they would to beat the Rams, they would be sitting at, what, 8-3 and three and one game behind the Saints or half game behind the Saints. Not too hard. You can expect the Saints to drop some of these games, so we'll see. But I think that the the Buccaneers are iced out of it now with losing to the Rams. Moving on, we have the Chicago Bears traveling to Green Bay to play the Green Bay Packers. And the Packers are just unlucky at times. And that's what happened against the the Colts last week. They're just unlucky. MVS, the ball kind of slipped through uh, a part of his arm. He wasn't holding the ball as secure as he should have been in overtime. But it really is just an unlucky play, the way the ball slid out of his hands like that. it doesn't happen in the NFL very often. Once every uh, couple thousand plays, something like that happens, maybe even less than that, and it happens to him, and they lose the game because of it. And the Packers could have two losses, be 8-2 and two, uh, in the chase for the number one seed in the NFC, but instead they're 7-3. and three. The Bears, their offense can't get anything going. Their defense is holding them in these games. But the offense can't get anything going. And when the Bears were 5-1, and one, I said it. I said the clock is ticking. You're not going to survive winning games like this for very long. One day, it's going to be over. And you're going to start losing games if you keep trying to win games this way where you barely win because of your defense and just your defense. And while a defense can carry a team, the offense has to give something. And the Bears' offense has almost gave nothing. Um, and whether it's Nick Foles' fault or whoever's fault, we're going to find out this weekend. I do not believe that Nick Foles will play in this game. Uh, with his injury that he had, he may be playing in this game. I do not think he's playing in this game. But we're going to see what Mitch Trubisky or whoever the quarterback is that sent out there can do with this offense because I think that trying something different out can't hurt them. They're 5-5. Five and five. They're falling out of the playoff picture with every loss, and Green Bay is a must-win for them, but they're not going to be able to do it. The Green Bay Packers are going to pull off this victory on Sunday Night Football and take down their rival, Chicago Bears. I'm surprised this game isn't a Thanksgiving game. That would be a lot of fun. The Cowboys must take up a slot, though. Uh. (laughs) Anyways, the final game of the week. We have the Seattle Seahawks traveling to Philadelphia to play the Philadelphia Eagles. And this is going to be a game where we're looking at it. Both teams need to win. Uh, I know the Eagles are 3-6-1, but every game is extremely important for the Eagles, and if they could sneak this one out. That would be huge in winning this division. Looking at the Cowboys or Washington football team are going to win. The Eagles cannot bank on every other team in the division losing because one of those two are going to win. They're playing each other, and I think that the Giants are going to beat the Bengals also. So the Eagles have to win, or they're going to lose the lead in the division, and they're going to slide from first to worst in the division. But they got to play the tough Hungry, probably angry Seattle Seahawks on prime time. It's going to be brutal for the Eagles. And I think the Seahawks are going to handle business, and this is going to be a blowout for the Seahawks or the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles cannot get it going. Carson Wentz is turning the ball over a lot, uh, and and everything is pointing towards the Seahawks finally getting it together versus the bad Philadelphia Eagles, even though they are in charge of that division, and I want them to win the division, but they're just not quite set up to do it. Now they got to play some tough teams while the Cowboys have an easy schedule uh, going forward So, and the Washington football team. So whichever team wins that game, like I said, has the driver's seat in that division in my opinion because I think the Eagles are going to drop this game and drop to last in the NFC East if the other teams win. So there you go. NFL pickums for Week 12. Nice long segment, 25 minutes. Just about to pass 26 minutes total in this segment. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging in there through the whole thing. Let me know where I'm right. Let me know where I'm wrong in the comment section of all the posts that you see up for the NFL pickums. Whew! Well, there you go. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for tuning in to episode 17. I am very humbled and very stoked that the show has been going this long. You guys know uh, I was very passionate about the Come On Man sports show. To be able to start my own show off the heels of that show and it to be as successful as it's been. I appreciate every single one of you that is listening right now. Um, and even when the numbers aren't this crazy high number i still appreciate those who have helped me out and and supported this show from day one so thank you i'm thankful to you and to many others as i said in the beginning of the show but i'm thankful to you guys uh, on this thanksgiving and i'll have you guys in my thoughts of, of things to think about tomorrow which is today for you when you're listening to this show on thursday thanksgiving 2020 been a bumpy ride this year so I hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving to make up for the bumpy ride that they have suffered, that we all have suffered this year with everything that has went down from start to finish. Every single thing um, has been a wild one. Uh, anyways, that's it for me. I'll talk to you guys next week on the most electrifying sports podcast in the game today. You know it and I know it. Thank you for tuning in.